Are you thinking about buying or selling a home or are a real estate professional and want to keep up with the Twin Cities market news, stats, and trends? Then come hang out with us for a little while. Hi, I'm Kirk Duckwall and welcome to the Twin Cities Real Estate Show. Today, we're going to dive into episode number two of our, our series here on Twin Cities home styles. We're not breaking down every single style that's here in the Twin Cities, but we are touching on the major ones, and there's quite a few of them, and talking about some of the pros and cons with each of those in studio with us. Welcoming this week, Amanda Winter. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me, Kirk. Thanks you. Yeah, and Chad Preby. Yeah, good seeing both of you today. Me too. So before we really deep dive into honestly one of my favorite subjects to talk about. I really geek out on home styles. Um, so just talk to my clients about it. Like I get giddy to walk through <laughs> homes be like, yes, and this is the standard story and a half design built between 1942 and 1948, right? So whatever. Um, but <laughs> and by the way, after the show last week, I was driving around through you know, if I was in a neighborhood, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, there's a craftsman. <laughs> Good Look job. at that. That's a Victorian. Now I know the difference. Yes. Absolutely. No, it was cool. It, it took took you that to figure out the difference between a Victorian and a Well, no, no. I, I kind of made myself look stupid. But <laughs> the other one, like the difference between the no, Victorian. No, the name tag makes you look stupid. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I'm just harsh. Let's I'm just harsh. save this kind of thing for split levels. Yeah. <laughs> no, the four, the four square. Yes. Yep. Versus the Victoria. That yes. was a learning thing go. for yep. me. That yeah. was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, it really very similar styles. It's just I mean, the outsides um, that, that really gives it that distinct look to it. Yeah. But before we get uh, deep dive into that, I want to talk about what's going on in the market as far as stats and, and uh, trends, all of that, because we're seeing some interesting movement or lack thereof in certain places. So um, kind of starting off, uh, new listings in the marketplace dropping off. Not a big surprise this time of year. Uh, that's uh, was at eleven seventy five down to nine sixty five. Uh, pending sales uh, in the Twin Cities here seven ninety two down to seven fifty one. So not much movement there. Right. And that's kind of one of the interesting trends. Is is if we look at the running, I mean, we can go back, you know, four weeks, and there's only a difference of a hundred pending sales. That's not much. Right. Um, and so we're seeing the market really kind of hitting this point where it, it's not getting any lower. And we'll kind of uh, talk about the ramifications of that here in a second. Um, inventory of homes, a couple weeks now of, of drop-offs. Um, and last week was one of the bigger ones, uh, went from 9,067 down to 8,858. Um, so that is is a big driving factor out there, right? People say, well, are we going to see a crash in our marketplace? Mm-hmm. Well, if inventory is moving down and pending sales isn't changing much, the answer is a big no, right? Because supply and demand. Correct. Um, and one of the big driving things that we saw um, come out uh, about Thursday, about a week ago, yeah, yeah. Um, we saw the bond markets really move a lot off of the CPI, Consumer Price Index, uh, yeah, report. A cooler than expected reading, which is great. We saw the um, the benefit of that with the bond market on Thursday. Not to get too deep into that, but Kirk, what you're saying, too, is um, 
with the crash, you know, we hear that often and remind yeah, us. Yeah, I, well, well, I keep getting people saying, oh, I'm going to wait for prices to go down more. And I'm, huh? I'm going to give some data points here in a second. Okay. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot. But now what we have seen is we've seen prices move down in the last five months by about seven and a half percent. That said, we experienced a similar, actually a greater trend in, in, in 2014, where it moved down by about 8% over that same period of time. So that's not abnormal, right? It's not right. the last time we saw a movement like that wasn't 2008. It wasn't 2010. It's 2014. Yep. Right. So what we're seeing now is is the activity kind of leveling out. And I think with interest rates, with that movement that we've seen, what was about three quarters of a percent now. Yeah, yeah, we're in the mid sixes now, which yeah. you know, looking at certain programs and and different opportunities as far as mortgage programs, you can get your rate down in the mid fours now. Yeah. So affordability is, uh, you know, coming getting, back. Coming back. Thank yeah. you. And so with that is more opportunities for first time home buyers, uh, also repeat buyers, but more for first time home buyers, giving them an opportunity to get their foot in the door and actually make a decision without you know, having to make that split second decision, you have a little time now to think about what you're doing. Um, yeah. And what I'm seeing, uh, one of the main indicators I look at is, you know, our market meter calculation, which is showings per listing activity combined with home affordability, as well as inventory of homes. And what we're seeing with showings per listing is we were at a 279 showings per listing average for 250 to 500k price range here in the twin cities three weeks ago okay okay then two weeks ago we were at 2.7 so very teeny little movement right. average and now we're back to 2.79 so we've seen the market kind of just do this right? right and and even going back four weeks prior to that it wasn't that much higher yeah mm -hmm. right so if you want to know where pricing is going to go, following that showings per listing average is a key indicator combined, combining that into the market meter. So the market meter is actually sitting at a 4.03, which is right on the edge of balanced market. Okay. Now, the argument I know that some might give is, how can prices be down $25,000 uh, in our marketplace? And it's, it's a balanced market. Well, because homes are selling between 98 and 100% of their list price. Mm -hmm. And you tell me that that doesn't signify balanced. Right. It's just that if you look back at earlier this year, they were selling for 105, 107% right. of their list price. It was just right. the market was excessive. We had never seen it in a spot like that before. So it's correcting. Absolutely. Norm yep. Normalizing. Normalizing. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we are really looking at what I think is the bottom of our market um, at the moment. And if anything, it's possible it moves back up. Now, people might go, well, how is it going to move back up? And it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Our market started moving up last year. Now, I'm not going to use last year as any sort of benchmark. Right. But we actually, the slowest week was in, in September. And we started moving back up as we came in to January. Okay. Now, it is actually quite normal to see the market picking up in December. 
Yeah. So for buyers out there looking to maximize getting the best value that you can, this is probably the best opportunity that we're going to see for the next three to five years, maybe. I mean, like I said, the last time we saw a movement like this was 2014. Right. Right. And that doesn't mean we're on the same plane as 2014 right. either, right? <laughs> it was like, okay, we had this year where it dropped off, and then, of course, we keep moving up. So, you know, waiting, that market's still going to keep moving. It's just here's a fall market where it's a little bigger fall than the, the average out there. Right. So I think for buyers that getting into the market now, and especially with the interest rate movement, I think will be super beneficial. For sellers, if you're not on the market yet, you might just want to wait that, you know, 60 days or so. What is okay. it they say usually like uh, uh, right Super after? Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl. Yeah, right after Super Bowl is when you want to hop in. Um, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to deep dive into some more home styles. I don't even think we're going to get through all, all the rest of them today. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Check us out at TwinCitiesRealEstateShow.com. We'll be right back. Our local sponsors are Bricks Real Estate, Network Title, Eric Bloomstrand and Chad Preeby with Bell Bank Mortgage, Structure Tech Home Inspections, James Tufson with Country Financial, along with Cregan's Construction and Grey Duck Staging and Design. Hi, I'm Ruben with Structure Tech Home Inspections. Everyone knows you should have a home inspection before you buy a home, but we've heard of home buyers being encouraged to skip the home inspection in this crazy market to make their purchase offer more attractive. Now they're facing tens of thousands of dollars in unexpected repairs. I'm telling you now, don't skip the home inspection. Here at StructureTech, we can get your home inspected quickly, and we offer a full line of services. Visit us online at StructureTech.com to learn more. Don't fall for the billboard or the clickbait. There is no such thing as today's rate. Mortgages and mortgage rates are individual to you. Chad Preby and Eric Bloomstrand with Bell Bank Mortgage are here to show you the formula to get your best rate. Once you know this formula, you can mortgage shop with confidence. Find us online at chadpreby.com. That is chadpreby.com, NMLS, 1462493, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Kirk Duckwall with Bricks Real Estate and the Twin Cities Real Estate Show. Buying or selling a home is one of the biggest financial transactions people make. Before you make your next move, download our free smart home buyer or smart seller guides to give you the edge in our real estate market. From deal hunting to knowing the right repairs for maximizing value, these free guides have it all. Check them out and more at BricksTwinCities.com under publications. Welcome back to the Twin Cities Real Estate Show. Today, we are talking about housing styles part two. So if you missed uh, part one where we covered like Victorian homes and four squares, craftsmen, and ended with war era houses. Now, what's interesting about war era is you're coming out of the, the craftsmen and tutors and getting into this these homes built, you know, 1940-ish through, uh, you know, it, it kept building that style, a uh, lot of story and a half designs, um, built it through the early 50s. But you definitely see 
um, traits of that style home that goes into the next that we're going to talk about, which is the Rambler, right? Oh, yeah. The 1950s Rambler, the tank, as I like to call it. This is my ancestral home. Yes. Is the Rambler. We uh, had a 1949, uh, one, obviously a one-story, three-bedroom, one-bathroom with a one-car garage, and my parents still own the same home. Cool. Ranch style is another term that you'll, you'll oh, hear yeah. for this. Yep. See them all over the country. Yeah. Right, everywhere. Uh, see these homes. Uh, certain places, they don't have a basement. Minnesota, we like our basements. So almost all of them. There are certain pockets around the Twin Cities where you, you don't have some. Um, yeah, you get some interesting designs um, that, that go into that. You know, this is where kind of the mid-century modern is, is born a little bit. Um, but your, your basic rambler ranch home. Uh, you go in, you have your, your living room, um, and then a dividing wall. Now, sometimes that dividing wall, uh, is where the staircase is located in the middle and it goes down and then you have your galley style kitchen. Um, and then you'll have a hallway goes and you'll have two bedrooms. And then what usually is called the flex room, right? Where this room has a sliding door access to the kitchen, as well as another door that enters, um, you know, in from that hallway. The idea here is, you know, somebody who buys this home, the idea was the forever home, right? right. When you're saying your parents are still there. Absolutely. Right. Um, when did they buy it? They bought it in 1985, okay. uh, but it has a formal dining room. So it was not the traditional third flex bedroom. That okay. was the dining room and okay. Uncle Fez's now, now, did they bedroom. remove, is it only two bedrooms up or still three? It's three up. Okay. And then a completely unfinished basement that they finished in the 90s and gotcha. added a bathroom and a bedroom. Nice. And a living room. Is it the classic 90s or later finish where the bedroom in the basement is bigger than the bedrooms upstairs? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes. And the bathroom's Absolutely. like nicer and larger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I had one of those uh, in Burnsville. Yes. Like the master bedroom was downstairs <laughs> in this giant right. soaking tub bathroom and all Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I mean, these things are tanks. I mean, this is the time where the, the house was built these are the first ones really where they were built with the idea that you could finish the basement. When you go to these houses built in the thirties, you know, the materials that they're using, it wasn't really a thought that you're going to finish that space. Right. right? Um, and that's something to be aware of in those homes. You know, they like those foundations like to permeate water. They also right. like to settle. Right. But these fifties ramblers, they went deeper with the foundations. Uh, they were doing all block at that time. Um, and, or mostly I should say, and then you get the I-beam that's running right down the middle. Right. And that's, I will say, that is where you can tell a little bit about the quality of the build. Because some of them, they do have just the big timber that runs down the middle. Do you know what your parents had? I-beam. I-beam, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's like, like I say, the tank. They made this thing because there had been so many issues with settling. Right. Uh, earlier homes. They're like, okay, we're going to build a house. It's not going to settle, <laughs> right? And so they went deeper with the foundations. They put the I-beams. And so every once in a while, you only see a corner that's got the cracks on it and whatnot. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, you don't see that big settling that you see in some of those. You, know, you go in Victorians, you go in the Craftsman's, you'll, you'll notice that. Right. Well, and one other gem about the Rambler and homes built in the 40s and 50s is that it's the last of the old growth lumber. Yep. So those oak mm. floors are really close, fine grained, and it's really high well, it's quality. Well, dimensional wood. lumber, too. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So. You can find the hidden gems out there with those people that put carpet over those over years. Oh, absolutely. And, and underneath that carpet, guess what? Pristine yep. hardwood yeah. floors. The, one of the things that I love about that style is it, it is very flexible and they, it, 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 it can be remodeled easily right. um, because of where the load-bearing wall is. There's a lot that you can do with it. It's one of the easiest basements to with that I-beam down there to, to change up. I was actually with a client uh, this last week and get down in the basement. He's like, oh man, I don't know. I just, I don't see how I can get, I'm like, you know what I would do? I would just rip everything that's out of here. Because this is just Wayne's paneling walls, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> like just rip it all out, start over. Right. Yeah, you can do whatever you want down here. Okay, I could keep talking about ramblers oh, yeah. for a long time. <laughs> Excuse me. But want to kind of move on. So at the same time, you, you had kind of the, the higher end, the kind of basic two-story, right? This did not change much outside of the finished basement aspect from the two stories that might have been built in the 20s or the 30s, like a true two-story, not not like a story and a half Tudor, right? So, I mean, really, your your main floor layout, you're going to have like that formal dining. You're going to have the living. Um, Sometimes you'll have the split staircase to go upstairs uh, and and the kitchen, right? And it's just kind of, instead of the four square, it's almost like a Three rectangle and two squares, right? Right. In there. Is there a typical main floor powder room situation at this point yet in these two stories, or are we still? Um, Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little little half bath there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, not not a whole lot of change. Um, Really, two stories don't see a ton of change until we actually get to the early 2000s when they're Mm. able to spread the weight loads uh, with different kind of joists. More open floor plan, right on the main level. Yep, right. yep. You don't you don't see a ton, um, little changes here and there. Uh, but yeah, you. I mean, you walk into a '90s two story, you're gonna have that living room to the left or right, whichever, mm-hmm. and then the dining room to the left or right, whatever. The kitchen to the back. Now they at that point they start adding on a family room behind the garage. Typically, yes. that they added that that yep. you won't usually see in some of those earlier's. But um, okay. Then we get the two-level split center entry uh, style. This comes around in about 1964-ish into the Twin Cities that we see the standard. And you can tell these houses, you look at the home, it's got a garage on one side and then this door right in the middle with kind of the windows for the bedrooms on one side, the windows for the living room on the other, and then the windows down on the bottom. Right. Yeah. And here you have a lot of people. And the idea was, you know, um, you know, just like with war era, it was about saving some money. Uh, you didn't have to go down as deep with the foundation. Um, kind of, you do get a more open floor plan. I do. I do love people be like, I don't want a split level. I want an open floor plan. Well, what's funny <laughs> is you actually get open floor plans with split levels. If you're looking at an earlier home, um, it's, it's one of the few because they started doing vaulted ceilings there. And okay. usually the wall that's between the kitchen and dining, it's not load-bearing. You can rip that right out of there, and a lot of people do. Um, nice. However, the center entry didn't last long because it's teeny. A right. lot of times you walk in, and this is where people get frustrated and I think give uh, split levels a bad name, is they walk in, it's immediately up and downstairs. Right. Good luck putting two people into that entryway. And this is a common trait of the center entry ones. 
Um, this does change into the early 70s where they start to move the entry off to one side to give a little bit bigger uh, foyer space. Okay. And, and that was when the garage space started having better access to the main way floor instead of coming in on the basement. Yep. Yep. Yeah, a lot of a lot of those those center entry it, it was weird. Either you had to go downstairs then through the mechanical room yeah. and then back up into the garage. Or yeah. sometimes people would go out, you'd go out by the kitchen and you have this big set of stairs to get down. Yeah. Yeah. Which just ate up a ton of room inside that garage. Yeah. So yeah, much better entry into those newer ones. And, and so I always like to, to anybody who says, I, I don't want, I, I, I can't say how many people I've had that's are like, I don't want a split level. That's like immediately when I go, what styles do you like and don't like? They go, I don't want a split level. And then they end up buying a split level. Split level. Right. It's because their preconceived notion of, of, you know, they just immediately think about that 1960s one versus the ones that were built later. Probably and ones they grew up in. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. So then we get into variations. Now, these also come in right around the same time, the mid-60s. And you have your three-level split and your four-level split. And we're going to kind of deep dive into these. And then there were variations of these that came out in the 90s. They did not last very long because okay. they were weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've seen some revival of these try to come back, and they don't sell. <laughs> um, you know, the, the ones where the, the living room, you have to go in and you have to go up to the living room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's a tough layout for some people. It is. So we're going to take a commercial break. I will remember this week we do have another segment after this, and we will cover a little bit more into those split-level designs. If you do have any real estate questions, um, you know, thinking about selling, want a recommended preparation list for your property, happy to do that. Also, check us out. Get our free guides at TwinCitiesRealEstateShow.com. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Not every title company is the same. There are many people involved with each real estate transaction and all of them need to be in the loop or a closing may get delayed. This is why the people at Network Title strive to provide swift scheduling and communication between the buyers, sellers, agents, and lenders. We know moving can be stressful, however your closing does not need to be. Check us out online at network-title.com. My name is James Tobson with Country Financial. Anyone can sell you insurance, however, is it going to be the insurance you need? When life pops up with its surprises, you want the right coverage. When it comes time to find or renew your policy, give me a call. I would love to review your existing policy and show you what I can do for you. You can email me at james.tobson at countryfinancial.com or give me a call at 651-365-3408. Hi, I'm Becca, owner of Grey Duck Staging. With today's home buyers beginning their journey exclusively online, the look and feel of your home matters more than ever. Whether it's a simple in-home consultation, a refresh using your current furniture, or a whole home staging, our goal is always the same. Showing your home in the best light and helping you achieve the highest sales price possible. To learn more, visit us at greyduckstaging.com or check us out on Instagram at greyduckstaging.
Welcome back to the Twin Cities Real Estate Show. As I mentioned, they're coming out of the, the or into that last break there. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. You know, don't just do the show full-time. We're also full-time real estate agents and or loan officer to help answer any questions people have uh, regarding their real estate needs. So please reach out if you have any. All right, talking about home styles, we're going to kind of do a lightning round here of the three-level split and four-level split. Um so here, and you mentioned you grew up in a, a three-level split. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and if you walk in and it's a kitchen, dining, living, all on one level, typically. Um, sometimes you enter on the lower level. Um, I had a four-level split that was like that. You enter in on the family room level, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you come up. Right. Um, but really what you're changing here is is one of the frustrations some people have with the two-level split is the bedrooms are on the same level. This gives you a few steps to bring those bedrooms onto a different level. I will say for people who who want separation of space, three and four level splits are awesome for parties, for entertaining, uh, for privacy. Um, they're great. Okay. Uh, where they can be frustrating is little kids, lots of stairs, right. lots of staircases. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, what did I have in one, two, three? I had four staircases in my, my four level split. Oh my so the big difference is, I mean, that you come in um, on the three level versus four is on the three level, you get to that bottom level and you open that closet underneath the stairs mm-hmm. and there's usually a really large storage area uh, underneath that uh, kind of kitchen dining living, right? right. And it's just a crawl space. Yep. The only difference between a four level is instead of that being a, a crawl space or and, and a closet, it's another staircase that goes down, and then they add in this whole other room to okay. it. Is and that that's usually the level with the laundry. Uh, I've had it on the third level. Okay. Um, but yeah, usually the mechanicals for sure move mm-hmm. down to that space. But then it's almost like you get a house where you could have a third living room. Or oh, family, or, or family or yeah. space, whatever you want yeah, to call yeah. it. Great room. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know in ours, that's where the TV was. That's where the little bar area was. Uh, you know, my music stuff and things like that. So, it, you know, for somebody who is looking for that little bit of extra elbow room, um, four level is a good way to go. All right. That's, that's the lightning round here. Um, we're going to keep going with this uh, on the next show and, and add some more styles moving forward. Again, check us out online, twincitiesrealestateshow.com. We'll see everybody in a few weeks. People always ask realtors, what is your commission? But what they should be asking is what is your rate of return? Commissions only vary by a couple of percent from agent to agent. However, the price per square foot you get just based on their experience and the quality of marketing they use can vary by 10% or more. At Bricks Real Estate, our agents use the right marketing and have the experience to get you top dollar for your house. See what we can do for you at BricksTwinCities.com. Not every title company is the same. There are many people involved with each real estate transaction and all of them need to be in the loop or a closing may get delayed. This is why the people at Network Title strive to provide swift scheduling and communication between the buyers, sellers, agents, and lenders. We know moving can be stressful, however your closing does not need to be. Check us out online at network-title.com.
Don't forget to check us out online anytime at TwinCitiesRealEstateShow.com. There you can find all of our past shows, our weekly market updates, along with the latest and greatest searching and researching tools and our free publications to include the Smart Home Buyer Guide and the Smart Seller Guide, along with the BRICS Report. All of these free for you. If you have any real estate questions, please feel free to give us a call, 651-303-0019. Again, 651-303-0019. Happy to help answer any of your real estate questions or assist with your real estate needs.